next couple weeks we'll talk about a little bit of strategic seduction again. Uh, we talked about it a few times. I've learned it 20 times, but I'm gonna frame it up a little differently this way. Hey, this is Blake Sloan. I've been selling real estate over 14 years. Our team of highly trained professionals along with our unmatched marketing has sold thousands of homes here in the Myrtle Beach area, and this is how we do it. I'm gonna switch gears to, to sales side for us. I'm gonna do two things. One's gonna be kind of a sales uh, strategy thing. Notice a lot we have lately. What well, we've noticed a lot lately in some of our deals. Blowing up, right? Seen a lot more releases coming through, a lot of deals blowing up. Uh, and some of that has to do with the market, but also some of that has to do with what? Just framing buyers are more all the ways that buyers are making things, making decisions, always they're buying stuff. And so I'm also, next couple weeks we'll talk about a little bit of strategic seduction again. Uh, we talked about it a few times. I've learned it 20 times, but I'm gonna frame it up a little differently this way. Okay, so a way that we can kind of look at, understand, and have a different look at it, but it's something we need to get very, very good at of understanding of how am I seducing my buyers and my sellers through this process so that I can limit buyers or more people backing out, people turn on you. Because we've seen a lot of stuff lately, right, where buyers are enjoying it, everything goes great, offer gets accepted, doesn't get accepted, and what are they doing? Emotional. I've seen buyers that have been great with you guys. They write an offer with you, gets accepted, and all of a sudden what happens? They turn on you, don't even talk to you ever again. I've had examples this past week. People had buyers who were happy, wrote an offer, thing accepted or didn't get accepted, and then the buyer just got mad at them, flipped on them, never talked to them ever again. And went out of buyer agreement. Well, that's a difference, and that's what's really coming into these issues. That's why I want to talk about this today. There's two main things I want y'all to look at and understand. There's a piece here. It's called the patience of seduction. Ooh, this thing's giving me the chills. It's not working. Versus the panic, panic of, of selling. Right? The patience of seduction versus the panic of selling. What do you think that means? Pan Look at that. I'm trying to get somebody to yes from they are. There's two ways here. There's a patience of seduction and there's panic of selling. I guess they're backing out. I mean, they're scared. Well, let's just, I don't mean just backing out. I mean just sales in general now. now. Let's just take the back out piece. This is, that's just one of the reasons I want to teach it to you guys this way, right? <laughs> but this is a problem and a, and a possibility in all of our businesses and all places of the business. Does that make sense? So let's don't look at it as just people backing out. Let's just talk about getting people to yes from where they are. I want you guys to understand that this piece here of seduction is overall, I've taught this before, it's an art, a science, and a skill. It's an art, and a science, and a skill. So it takes reps and reps and reps and reps and reps understanding how do I have this process of seduction and how do I have patience in what I do. I like to I'll put that from the energy standpoint, I have energy of patience and seduction, meaning that I'm skillfully moving them through a process from A to Z, right? And I had my notes in there is that in that scenario, right, it's a process of shifting someone's psychology and views along a journey. You're looking at this as almost putting breadcrumbs out for them from A to Z, let them find the crumbs, let them come to that solution, right? It's a skill set that's learned that's very, very valuable. It's one of the most valuable things you can have in sales in any way. The problem with that is what? <coughs> Most people don't have that skill set dialed in, and they default here to this panic of selling, which is what? 
which is the pressure, which is the now buyer, right then, and they're trying to put everyone in this box of buying right now, right here, and looking at all buyers and all sellers the same. And so the panic of selling is like, I need a deal, I need some things going on, I need some commission, I need to get somebody close, and I'm looking at everyone the same, I'm calling everyone the same way, I'm having the same conversation, every single person, not understanding that there's a process and people are different places along the line of seduction. I want you to look at it here, the panic selling here is more of an event. This is more the process of what? I just said it. Yes. Shifting someone's psychology and views along a journey. Shifting someone's psychology. What does that mean? Where they see the world, right? Where they see what's going on, where they see their scenario, where they see the market as a whole and allow them to move through my process of actually buying on their own terms. They don't realize they're buying on my terms. They feel like they're buying on their terms. And that's how a real process sedu seduction works is I move them through where I want to go. They think it's their journey, but it's actually my journey. And so I want to talk about that because what do most people do? They default here to this place of panic selling. What would that include? What do you think that includes? No patience and no discipline. What does that mean? Discipline means what? taking time to follow the process and show them, hey, look, here's the comps, here's what's sold, here's why I think we should list at this price and why we should buy at this price, based on that. Now, here's the crazy part about that, what you run to understand, is that they, most people, and they have no patience and no discipline in the process, they default back to panic selling every single time. <clears throat> panic selling is doing what? Call my non-local buyer, hey, when are you going to buy? When are you in town? Meanwhile, they should have already known that in the previous three conversations they sent them, and they should have done a process of seduction in that last three or four calls that I'm selling them for six months ahead of time where they're going to be. And so instead of understanding that some buyers are six months out, 12 months out, 120 days out, I'm treating everyone the same, going through the same exact conversation, the same exact way every single time, and hoping that I can fit somebody that's a square peg into a round hole. That's panic selling. So move off the multiple offer stuff, that's going to happen regardless, but I can win that still if I do seduction right. Where am I just looking at everyone the same like a, a conveyor belt and just hoping that I can really pick somebody off the top in that scenario? Does that make sense? And so if you look at it, I look at this, I'm going to change colors. We'll look at this as a way here of certainty. This is a coming from a position of I don't need you, but I want to help you. And I'm doing that from a place of caring and understanding where I'm meeting them, where they're at in the process. I'm notating where they're at in the process. I'm understanding where they're at in the process. And then my job is to seduce them, move them through a process so they can get to where they buy when they want to buy at the place they want to buy. And I think the key point to understand there is I'm doing what? Meeting them where they are in their process. It's going to make sense in a second for anybody that's not getting it in that piece, right? Because it goes down to how I have to look at everything and what I do, right? And it's a big mistake. Most people in business, specifically sales and real estate sales, most people, all they do is they scrape the top. What do you think that means? Most people just scrape the very, very top 
in sales, meaning that they look at everyone the same, they call them the same way, they're just digging through the bucket, mindlessly calling hundreds of people in the bucket, trying to scrape the top and figuring out who's here, instead of, like, like you said, I like what you said, is going deep, right, to understand where they're at, and then pulling them up based on where they're at. And we talked about this as a group before, but 98% of buyers will not buy your product at all in 120 days or more. Not any percent of buyers, and lead source matters, there's a few nuances and things like that, but they're not going to buy anything within 120 days or more, which is what? That's four months. And that's if you're lucky, right? And so what most are doing is they're just scraping the 2% with the same mindset. That's a way of panic buying. What would that be like? Call my bucket right from my cell phone not logging calls not having notes they don't, they don't know what's going on in the bucket so i got to keep it in my head anybody that tells me keeping their head guess what that means you're just scraping the top because you don't have the details and the data right and the intel to understand here's where my people are at so i can really truly manage 200 plus people in a seduction process to know how to move them from here to where they want to buy here and it's actually their choice not calling past that's a big piece we'll talk about in a second too yes Right, past clients are here, and we'll talk about that when I get to the next phases when it's, this kind of comes together. But I see it over and over and over. Call log, they spoke to the person, put zero notes in. That's someone who scraped the top. How do I know that? Because they don't even have enough sense to understand the data to seduce somebody from A to Z. And they say, Well, I do that myself. I just call for my cell phone, don't leave notes. That tells me you're a top scraper. You have to understand the difference of hunting versus planting. A top scraper, all they do is they hunt. What does that mean? They're just looking for the one buffalo to try to kill that buffalo so they can eat for today. They don't have the strategy, the mindset to look and plant seeds and nurture seeds so I can have a massive harvest tomorrow. And you have to ask yourself, in my follow-up campaign, in my follow-up game, am I just a hunter just trying to shoot a buffalo every day? Or am I someone who can plant hundreds of seeds and nurture those seeds and water those seeds and have them move up long term to create much bigger what? I said the word a minute ago. Harvest. And so most people, most agents, they come in and they treat everything like they're hunting. They're just looking for something to shoot every day, something to shoot. And so all they do is they just make mindless calls over and over and over. And guess what? Thankfully, when you spend $20,000, dollars $40,000 a month, you can get a lot of buffalo. But if you do it right, you can get way more in the harvest piece where you all can really di dive in and dig in to understand how do I make sure I'm looking at that mindset. So what do you got to do? What do you think the difference is there? Right? But it's deeper, right? And that's scenario. what I got to do. I got to connect with them. Got to have data so I can reconnect with them. Right? In this scenario, you have to call people 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times and have conversations with them 12 plus times so they even know who your name, are, your name is and who you are. Over and over and over again. But most people here are just calling the same top, hoping to get the one they can churn up. But if you just do it right and go deep here, it's going to make a massive, massive difference. And I'm going to show you guys how to do that in a second in that scenario. Right? Most quit in the beginning, though, because why? They have no patience. They have no patience to do what? I taught this last week. It was on the previous page. Play the long game. 
right? And so I want you to ask yourself, how much in my business am I the hunter versus the person that plants the seeds for the harvest? Most people think they're good at, at planting seeds and harvesting, but they're really not. I can tell that by the quality of their notes and the quality of their database. It's true in any sales game in that piece. And so thankfully, that's why we're emailing on top of them. We're retargeting them, do all these things. But it's very, very important to look at in that scenario, right? I want to ask myself here, shit's colors up. Planting seeds daily, harvesting seeds daily versus hunting. What do you think that means? Planting seeds daily, harvesting seeds daily, or you can put harvesting fruit if you want. It's the same thing, right? The fruit is from the seed. I have fruit in my notes, but harvesting fruit daily versus the hunter. What does that mean? Okay. The farmer can feed a village. Right? And so the reality is you have to understand what's my mechanism in place for me to do what? Plant new seeds daily, which is what? Finding new business. Business I haven't spoken to. Second piece is what? Harvesting. So who would that be? People I've spoken to. Versus making mindless dials over and over and over try to hunt the one person who I can meet with right now, today, or who I can write an offer with today. And ultimately what you end up hunting, the ones that make decisions right then that aren't very methodical, you end up hunting a rabbit, which is a low price mobile home on leased land. Why? They're very desperate because no one wants to work with them. And they make decisions a little different than the million dollar buyer who's much more methodical and thought out in long-term gain. Who seeks out and desires connection from the person they work with and guidance in who they are and what they do. Very, very important to really look at those two and understand the difference there of what that is. Right? I want you guys to look at hunting versus planting seeds and harvesting overall. Right? We plant seeds today. It may not come up for 12 months, but I'm very, very disciplined on planting my seeds and then doing what? I must do what? I must fertilize, 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 call, 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 right? Follow up. What do my emails look like to my people? How connected are my emails? Look at most emails. They're very short. They're not connected. They don't speak to anything in a previous conversation. I even watch emails say, hey, we like this property. And then the response will be back, what? One or two sentences max. And they're looking at, hey, look, how much time is this person spending to connect with me, come back in that scenario? And so you want to really think about what am I doing to really plant the seed what for the sale that's six months down the line? That comes in what? My communication via what? Text. That could be email or text message, right? Video. My phone conversations. But I want you to understand that you must plant these seeds and fertilize them daily. The harvest piece that comes in is once I've spoken to them, how do I keep moving them through that process and actually harvesting what they have? What's the big problem with that? What do a lot of agents do? They plant some seeds, work on them for a while, go out of town and call zero people for that time and let the seeds die. 
You've got to make sure that once you start planting these seeds, a farmer can't just go take some time off and not do anything in the field. Why? The seeds die. Just like your people die, right? When you have momentum, you've got to make sure you're continually falling back up and having that farm mindset. And the most important piece is how do I fertilize that in that scenario? Very, very important for me to understand that piece, right? This also comes through what? I've got to have my tag set up properly. That makes sense, you guys, so I can do what? Timeline, type, location, <coughs> local, not local, sign, not sign. That's how I'm able to move and seduce here because I have to know where that even seduce them. If I think, if I, here's what most people do. They think they're seducing everybody. They're just treating everybody the same. Very, very, very important that I can treat everyone differently at a high level on a large scale. I'll say it again. Everyone differently at a high level at a large scale. They got to feel that way and they got to understand that. And that comes with what? Having notes and understanding. Here's the deal. We're 10 times worse than this on the seller side. We are on the buyer side. Our, our seller side is absolutely horrendous at the long game. Because we have so many new ones that come in. There's no segmentation, no follow-up. We're just sending them some properties to update their value. We've got to get very good at this in every piece of the game. Right? And so that takes understanding of that different piece there. Right? And so that's what happens. And I talk about this. What happens if I stop watering the seed? They die. Very, very important. Right? So I must understand that I have to keep building that piece in that aspect. One of the examples I had there, we talked about, there's a plastic emails you guys get from mortgage brokers. You ever get them? I get, th I get three of the same ones from three different people. Does that connect with you as a realtor? Templated plastic email? That's an example of panic selling, trying to blast everything to everyone the same way. But if your lender reached out to you individually and said, hey, Kyle, think about you today. I really enjoyed that other transaction we had, right? I hope you're doing well. I mean, let's grab some lunch or something. Guess what that is? Some seduction. And so take time referencing something specific to that person in your relationship. That's how you're planting seeds. And you're moving someone here on a seduction standpoint. And the reason I want to bring awareness to this today is a lot of people here think they're seducing. They're actually panic selling. Where am I templating everyone in my bucket the same way? And where am I not meeting them where they're at? on the back end, which is super important piece, right? So I'm um, here, this piece right here, I'll help break it down. Plant and harvest here. New clients, which should be, I may say new buyers, new sellers, they're not your client yet, but they're new, new, new customers, right? New prospects. This here, current clients, past clients, bucket. The planting piece is what? Me talking to them, having a conversation, trying to meet with them, sign them, or obviously they're non-local, have a, a consultation with them some way, then I got to do what? That's when the work starts, and the work start piece is what? Nurturing. Just like a farmer nurtures his field, right? What am I doing there? I'm having seductive emails, text messages, calls, videos, and I'm understanding where they're at, and I'm meeting them where they're at overall. Massive difference there in now understanding that piece there. Ask yourself, hey, what have I been sending my people in my bucket? How would you rate it 1 to 10 from a seductive standpoint and personalized to panic selling? Super, super important to look at. I wrote this question on myself, right? What seeds are you planting in their world that will have them buy from you in six months. 
I wrote this down too. <laughs> it says, how do I know that you are a hunter? Or how do you know that you're a hunter? No tasks and no tags. Why are the notes so important? Keith, why do you think it's so important? Because you mentioned something similar that that's kind of the answer. Why are notes so important? Because it's the building But you mentioned what people want. You said a few minutes ago. Connection. They want connection. The easiest way for me to get connection is to reference a previous conversation or a previous note. Keith, you mentioned last time that your son's moving down here to go to college at Coastal. Right? Whatever it is, now there's connection piece. I'm referencing what they had in the conversation. And I think that I can just remember everybody, but you can't. And if you can't remember everybody, your book is way too small and you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Period. Because I need to be able to sell it to the technology to help understand that I can dump all the information there. I can read it and just do the same exact process and connect with them and move them through this process of seduction in that way. And so once you ask yourself a question today, what mechanism, right, do I have myself for planting these seeds daily? And what mechanism do I have for harvesting these seeds daily? And like Joe mentioned, it's going to be blocking your calendar out. But what are you doing between the gaps? Text messages, emails, videos, notes, tags, tasks, all those things are things that we're missing. And a lot of times we end up panic selling, which means we're leaving a lot of money on the table for you in your same old work that you're doing. So you can do one or two more things and you're going to move that piece through it.